Welcome back to another episode of the EMG podcast. This is the podcast which exists to educate you, the pharmaceutical executive, and keeps you up to date with the latest trends and challenges in the industry, plus helps you become gold medal winners in your roles. I'm joined by our CEO, Spencer Gore, again today. How are you, Spencer? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. So I want to get straight to the point. I've recently seen your your LinkedIn post, the blog post. I believe it was about symposiums. But just before I go into all of the details, can you give the listeners a bit of context about that blog post and what it was generally about? Uh, yeah, so I, over the last uh, 10 years or so, I've probably been to, I'm guessing, over 100 different symposiums. And the the level in which you see how successful they are varies massively. And, and mm. we've just got back from ESMO and we've also got back from UEG in the last week. And, and we've been in symposiums where the overflow room has almost been overflowing. And we've been in symposiums where there's probably been less than a quarter of the room full. So there's a real difference in, in terms of the, the results that the, the clients are going to get with the symposiums they're putting on. So do clients tend to measure the success of a symposium based on how many people attend or, or what do they tend to measure? How do they know whether a symposium has been successful, basically? Uh, that's a very good question. And I think with all due respect, I'm not sure the client always knows themselves. Uh, and I think that's half the, half the problem is they know they need to get their message out there, but they don't necessarily know what makes it successful or not successful. And there's there's obvious things like, is the room full or not? But yeah, there's other ways of measuring the success. Yeah, just off the back of that, for example, when we, whenever we go to events, uh, we tend to have very basic KPIs that we set ourselves as well, especially if we're exhibitors. So is it necessary for companies, whenever they do um, host symposiums, to also set themselves some kind of KPIs in order to make sure that they can measure the value and the success that comes off the back of it? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, pretty much everything you do, you should be measuring. Um, because otherwise, how how do you know if you're getting better in future in future years? You, you, you need to have a benchmark, and and even if it is okay, this year our room was only a quarter full. Mm-hmm. You've got something to work towards next year to improve that. And and um, so we would always suggest that they set very smart KPIs for the for the congress. Makes sense. And if I wanted to make sure that I've got a successful event before it even happens, etc., what are some of the factors that I need to be considering and should therefore be planning for ahead of it in order to make sure it is a success? Well, as we said, I think the first thing you need to do is is, is set yourself a, a goal or a, or a KPI. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we suggest to clients looking at a net promoter score. So that's as simple as uh, yeah, if, if you survey the doctors before they go in, how likely are they to recommend your product there and then on a scale of one to ten? And after they've come out of the symposium, uh, whether that's there and then or whether that's in a, you know, a couple of weeks later, is to do the same survey and see if your score's going up or down. And if it's going up, obviously your message has got across that you know, the, the, the benefits of, of using that product are better than if they hadn't heard that information. So first thing I would do is to make sure you're, you're measuring your net promoter score or some sort of uh, KPI. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's, a lots, there's, there's lots of things you can do to make sure it's going to run smoothly beforehand. So we would always suggest doing some sort of speaker training. It's, you know, the, the, the room is generally full of Europeans that English isn't necessarily their first language. So it's, it's just making sure that they're speaking really clearly and they know what they're saying beforehand. There's ways of making the presentations more interesting than, than just literally going through PowerPoints, uh, which can obviously be quite boring sometimes. But also you do need to have them with a lot of the information that's being uh, presented at the Congress. 
Then there's, there's things like making sure you, you've got everything branded up correctly. It's just little things like that that make a difference. I was at a symposium last week and, and it was all really nicely branded up. It was, a, a, it was an ESMO symposium, but it, it just looked so smart and professional. They also had a, a really good chairperson chairing it and keeping control of the uh, session, which makes it really good as well. And then there's things like choosing what time slot you're going to have. Now, that can obviously be affected by the cost uh, and by the organisers. But if you can, we, we, we generally find the lunchtime slots are the best. The early morning ones, people tend to sort of get in a bit later than, than the sort of 7 o'clock starts that they quite often are. And again, if you've got a 7, 8 o'clock in the evening ones, people quite often are going off and they've got networking events or, or meetings themselves. So lunchtime is normally a good one. And silly things, again, like putting on free food. You know, it keeps people's interest. They're not sitting there thinking, oh, I hope this finishes soon. I need to go and get some lunch. They, they, they've got the food there. Um, so there's things like that. And then actually making sure the room is full. Um, you, can, you can do e-blast beforehand to let people uh, know, make them aware that you're putting the event on handing out flyers uh, on the day to let people know the events going on, stuff like that is always really useful. And let's say, for example, I was, uh, those are all great tips, by the way, but I'm just thinking about those people who don't attend or they're unable to attend. So let's use the ESMO example. Um, if I was an oncologist and I was unable to attend ESMO, how can companies make sure that uh, those who don't event, uh, don't attend, uh, sorry, will be able to still get access to that valuable content and all of those things that were discussed in the symposium? So I, one, one thing I would suggest there definitely is to, to film the symposium. So many clients uh, that we work with don't film it. Um, and that's, that's the key, because once you've got that information captured, you can repurpose it. So yeah. even if you have attended, uh, it's a bit like when you're in a classroom at school, you don't remember everything, so you get homework to do, you get revision to do for your exams. If it, for the people that are there, it's good for them to, to be able to go back and watch the points that they didn't quite understand or they didn't quite catch because someone was eating the free food we told them to give out and they didn't hear. But, um, you know, there's things like that. It's always useful. <laughs> um, th then, obviously, people that couldn't attend, it's great for them to be able to watch it. Um, but, you, as I said, you can repurpose that. So you can then uh, write an article on the back of that content. Um, you can put up um, on-demand webinars. Um, you can send that article out uh, via an e-blast, or you can put it into a publication, or you can just host it on your own website. So it just gives the, the healthcare professional a lot more opportunities to actually catch that content rather than the maybe 500 or 1,000 people that attended. It can then go to a much wider audience. Absolutely. I think repurposing is key when it comes to any type of content. Often what companies don't do is they host a symposium or they um, produce some piece of content, but they don't really do anything with it afterwards. They don't integrate it into various other marketing activities to make sure it does get maximum exposure. But that in mind, though, let's say we are repurposing it. How can we make sure that it, it is received and read and understood by the right target audience? Um, well, again, there's a number of ways you can do this. So if, if the client has their own database that they can get that content to, um, they can host it on their own website to make sure that the people that are going to see that are, are, um, uh, are able to access that. And again, then there's things like you can publish that in a journal. Um, what we tend to do for our clients now to make sure that it's, it's seen by as many people as possible is we'll publish it in the journal, uh, in the Congress review section, we can then um, resend the journal to anyone that didn't open it the first time in case they happen to be away on holiday or they just had a busy day and didn't see it. So that generally gets us a much higher open rate. 
Um, we can do things like we have a newsletter, so we can we can feature the article in the newsletter, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and then we'll use our social media to to drive people towards that as well. Amazing. And how do you know whether those have been successful? Is it usually open rates, or how do you tend to, after having done all of that, uh, establish whether it's been a successful campaign? So w w some of the some of the benchmarking we do for our clients is we'll we'll give them information in terms of how many people have opened the journal how long they've spent reading it, uh, their specific article, a geographic breakdown of where those people have come from. Um, we can also track how many, uh, how many times the article's been visited on our website, which gives you a better indication because obviously, although we send the journal out, people come to us uh, and, and read the journals on, online anyway without it being emailed to them. So there's, there's a, a lot of information we can give there. Awesome. So if you were to summarize all of that in, let's say, I know because there are a lot of takeaways from that, but if you were to conclude all of that with three main points, what do you think are the three main takeaways that a pharmaceutical executive can take away in order to go and improve their symposiums? Uh, I think really the, the key thing is just have a really clear objective at the start of it. Mm -hmm. um, so what are you trying to achieve? And uh, yeah, I was talking to a client at uh, EADV a little while ago and he said to me, you know, the, the way I want to be able to, to measure this is to say that my article has been seen by 6,000 extra dermatologists that wouldn't have seen it in the, in the symposium itself and to know that as a result of it, they, our net promoter score has increased from, from a 5 to a 6 at least, which is what they measured it pre-Congress. Uh, pre mm -hmm. So I, I think the, the key thing, first of all, is to have a really clear objective and then it's look at how you can best achieve that. And, and if it's... You know, if you're trying to get your message out to an additional 5,000 dermatologists and you've only got a room that holds 500 or 1,000 at the Congress, you know you've got to do some other stuff over and above that and, and you want to make sure it's going to those extra people, but also you're extending the lifeline as well. So if someone listening to this podcast right now has their own struggles with symposiums, etc., what would you suggest they do? I would suggest uh, the first thing they do is to give me a call. We can give them a free consultation to help them uh, put their benchmarks in place and then we can come up with a strategy to help them achieve them. Brilliant. If you do want one of those free consultations, there is a link in the description of this podcast which will direct you to our European Medical Media website and just fill out a quick form and one of our team will be in touch with you to arrange that free consultation. Thank you, Spencer, and I'll be back with you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you.